Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. For this segment, a brief message from David Smith, the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. During the IFI 2021 Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, David commented on disturbing actions taken by the legislature. He outlined what he and others are calling the religion of wokeism, and he explained why IFI's Rescuing Our Children Public School Exit Initiative is playing an important part in the biblical discipleship of our children and grandchildren. Now, I know we shouldn't be surprised with what goes on in Springfield. And I know intuitively and intellectually that the nature of big government is tyranny. Yet I was stunned to watch Illinois Democrats intentionally and aggressively pursue an agenda to diminish the civil rights of its own people. Not only did they attack healthcare conscience rights protections, but they also repealed Illinois' last major abortion regulation, which ensured the rights of parents and guardians to be notified when their minor daughter, 17 years and younger, seeks to get an abortion. The repeal of parental notice of abortion and the attack on health care right of conscience, thankfully, not one Republican state lawmaker voted for these tyrannical proposals. Now, if those two bills were bad enough, our state lawmakers also approved legislation to place female hygiene products in boys' bathrooms in schools statewide. They also passed legislation requiring county clerks to issue new marriage certificates to reflect legal name changes for transgender and non-binary individuals. They also approved of culturally responsive teaching and learning standards which will infuse critical race theory, identity politics, and Black Lives Matter propaganda into, number one, all teacher training programs, all professional education licensing programs. As a result of that, it will all trickle down into the local classroom. So instead of focusing on academics, our lawmakers are making sure that teachers are trained in social engineering. But perhaps the second most troubling bill they passed Senate Bill 818, Comprehensive Sex Education for K-12. through Yes, I said that. This proposal sexualized children as young as five years old. In 2013, state lawmakers mandated this comprehensive sex ed for 6th to 12th grade. Now they've come back and expanded that requirement into kindergarten. Let me say that again. Kindergarten! This legislation requires all public schools including charter schools, to align curricula with the national sex education standards. These standards have been written by groups that were founded by Alfred Kinsey disciples, such as Planned Parenthood. We have a brochure that goes into more detail. It says on the cover, this booklet, it's a warning, this booklet contains inappropriate material, all of which is being taught to children in public schools. The bill also requires, by the way, that all material be age and developmentally appropriate or culturally appropriate. See, I get really worked up about this, right? Age appropriate, culturally appropriate, developmentally appropriate. 
None of this is appropriate. Planned Parenthood, Equality Illinois, ACLU, they think it's appropriate, but for Orthodox Christian and Jewish and Muslim families, it's not appropriate. So in order to understand what is being taught to our children, Illinoisans have to read not just the bill, but the sex education standards, which are directly linked to the law. And since these so-called standards can be updated frequently and without legislative approval, what is being taught to your students in your community will likewise devolve over the time. It's going to get worse, brothers and sisters. And our lawmakers have passed a law saying they got to teach it. Let me give you one example of a fifth grade lesson plan. And this is very mild, okay? So gender in this lesson plan for fifth graders is defined as, quote, the way a person identifies him, herself, in relationship to being male, female, neither, or both. Sexual orientation is defined as, quote, the romantic attraction of an individual to someone of the same gender or a different gender. The teacher is then supposed to explain to the fifth graders that, quote, gender and sexual orientation varies from one person to another. Confusion about gender and sexual orientation is normal. Unquote. Gee, I wonder why confusion is normal. It's being taught with our tax money. Why is there a sharp increase in the number of gender-confused kids in our families and communities? Because they are being trained to accept this nonsense as normal and good. So this is why the Illinois Family Institute launched our Rescuing the Children initiative, one that urges the church leaders, parents and grandparents, hey guys, you're not checking out, grandparents are included here, to get their precious children out of government schools. They're indoctrination centers. And it's not just the comprehensive sex ed and transgender agenda that has pushed us over the edge. The overt godless brainwashing is wide-ranging and includes critical race theory, climate change, Black Lives Matter, LGBT history mandate, drag queen story hour, hate America history lessons, pro-socialism, and pro-Sharia courses, yeah, pro-Sharia courses, not to mention common core math. Let's face it, friends, left-wing ideologues have control of our children 30-plus hours a week and are instilling godless values into them, while many of our Christian families fail to pass on their Christian faith. The left is dedicated and diligently making apostles of wokeism, are we as dedicated as they are to making disciples of Jesus Christ? Max Funk wrote an article titled, Wokeism, the New Religion of the West. He says this about this. Wokeism is a religion. Although it has not been organized into any formal religious structure, it has all the functions of religious doctrine. It has a unique epistemology, an evaluation of the human condition, and a redemption narrative. In other words, this new religion has an explanation for the human condition. Mr. Funk even points out that it has a redemptive narrative. How do we redeem society from all its ills? Well, that's simple. Marxism, communism, the social collective, the village deconstructs the old and it replaces it with the new. 
Wokeism is a religion, and it has all the components of religious zeal. It not only tells us what is wrong with us, but what to do about it. And when you replace God with another set of contrived assumptions and truth claims, that becomes your religion. A culture in a grip of woke religion doesn't like Judeo-Christian ethic. Its tenets run contrary to a biblical worldview. Funk points out that wokeism offers everything that secularism has failed to provide. It has quickly filled the God-shaped hole that we created in our culture. This new religion is very dangerous. Dr. Everett Piper says, In these times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The only thing that will save us from this lie is truth, with a capital T. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to me but by the Father. Jesus is the truth and the life. Do you believe that? So let me ask you now, what can be more important than equipping our children and grandchildren to know, live, and love the truth? Is there anything more important? Are we impressing upon them a love for God and his word? Are we crying out desperately on their behalf, asking God to protect them from the deceptions, snares, slings, and arrows of the religion of wokeism? One thing is certain, we must appeal daily to God in prayer for his protections on their hearts, minds, and souls from the ways of this world. Prayer is critically important, but it's not enough. God calls us to do the hard things. God calls us not only to teach these principles to our kids, work ethic and morals and values, but to serve him by serving others. We are to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that Jesus commands. And guess what? This starts at home with our kids and grandkids. Sound daunting? The God who calls us to do these things also equips us to do them well. God's vision for our children and grandchildren and our vision for them must align. That's why we're working diligently to promote educational choice. We must get as many of our students out of these indoctrination camps as possible, as soon as possible. In closing, if we truly believe that Christ is Lord over every square inch of existence, I do, we have a duty to engage the public square with boldness and a willingness to suffer for Christ. And we're going to suffer. We are stewards of God's blessings, and we need to contend for it as though it matters, because it does matter. Heavenly Father, we just ask for your blessings on these efforts to rescue our children and to disciple our children and grandchildren. May we prepare them to live lives that glorify you. May we understand that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual hosts of wickedness. This is the best way we can take back the kingdom, is advancing your will on earth as it is in heaven. Father, you've already won the battle. We want to be part of it. We want to be used by you. We're simply broken jars of clay, and you can do amazing things with broken jars of clay. Father, may you get all the glory and the honor. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
David Smith, the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action during IFI's 2021 Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. Now, after time out, Q&A from that event with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer, the pastor emeritus of Moody Church in Chicago. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with a point. According to ABC News, a proposed law in Japan would regulate anonymous sperm donation, preserving the right of children to know their biological parents. It would also cap the number of recipients from a single donor. Legislation like this is badly needed, but some have accused it of, quote, robbing women of their reproductive rights and their desire to give birth and raise children. And therein lies the problem. Desires and rights are not the same thing. Throughout the sexual revolution, adult desires have been consistently prioritized over the rights of children. One Japanese lawmaker said, quote, assisted reproductive technology should not be pursued at the expense of the well-being of children. Well, to be clear, no technology that infringes on a child's right to life, to be protected in body and mind, and to his or her own mother and father should be pursued at all. Japan's got a long way to go, but as then before us founder Katie Faust put it, they are on the right track. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight during this segment, Q&A with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer, the keynote speaker for the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. Dr. Lutzer is the pastor emeritus of Moody Church in Chicago. He's a renowned Christian broadcaster and the author of several notable books, including When a Nation Forgets God, Hitler's Cross, The Church in Babylon, and we will not be silenced. Christians in Illinois sent thousands of messages to our state lawmakers asking them to protect parental notice of abortion and the Right of Conscience Act. They didn't listen to us. We feel silenced. How should Christians respond? Well, first of all, I think you did the right thing by alerting the wider Christian community that this was happening. Because, for example, I didn't know that it was happening until I went onto your website and found out about some of these things. And by the way, if you want to know what is happening in our schools and happening in Springfield, the uh, Illinois Family Institute website is the place to go. So that is important. But secondly, you have to recognize that in a totalitarian regime, the will of the people does not prevail. It is ideology over rationality, over facts, over everything. Because if you believe in this ideology, who cares what the people think? So I think the thing that you have to continue to do is to expose what is happening, to let people know about this, hopefully to elect some people to be in our government that are uh, aware and that who are going to vote on this differently and are not willing to simply become a part of the herd. You might not win, but if we are faithful, we are not called always to win. We'd like to win all the time. Faithfulness requires we do what God wants to do, and then we leave everything else in his hands. So, you know, we might not win. And, uh, but in America, we at least have the freedom to oppose. You don't have that in other societies. You know, I wrote a book about Hitler, just so you know. I could get off on a whole bunch of themes here, but if you want to have a revolution, 
What you need is a declare a state of emergency. And for Hitler, that was the burning of the Reichstag. After the Reichstag burned, he said the communists did it, etc. Actually, he probably was a part of it, even though it was done by a Dutchman by the name of uh, Martin van der Lubbe. But once the Reichstag burned, the people of Germany said this, we will surrender our individual civil rights in exchange for security. So Hitler took away the right to the free press, he took away the right to assemble, he took away the right of due process in the law and so forth. Why? Because we have an emergency. And the people had to live with that in their situation. Now, I'm not saying that that's where we are exactly here today, except to say this, that ideological logs, how does that, sometimes I get my mings fixed up and I begin backing talk words, so forgive me here. <laughs> ideologues, well, it's not coming out right. People who are driven by their ideology over facts, they are going to care less what the people think. But in America, we still have hope because we still have elections. Now having said that, may I also quote the words of Joseph Stalin. Stalin said, those who cast the ballots decide nothing, but those who count them decide everything. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that in at no extra. <laughs> You're getting some freebies here tonight. Okay. There's no easy answer, but keep doing what you're doing. Dr. Lutzer, thank you so much just for your ministry and, and for standing for truth. You know, the Bible gives us a script, so everything that we're seeing really doesn't come as a surprise um, in our country and around the world. The, the Bible's given us that script. I think what grieves me and, and my wife and other people we know the most is when the church, when so many churches that we have always seen as churches that preach the gospel, but they don't see it. They don't see what's going on. They don't want to speak to it. They want to stay out of that sphere. And you have pastors that, that don't want to go there, that just don't think any of this matters. You know, you've asked an excellent question, and I can look at this through the eyes of a pastor, as well as someone who is now strictly, in some sense, out of the pastorate. It is very difficult for a pastor to uh, stay grounded in these issues because Number one, the tendency is to say, we don't want to preach against same-sex marriage or what is happening in uh, Springfield because it is controversial and it will be a stumbling block to the gospel. We want to reach our community and the only way we can reach our community is to appear to be totally inclusive. So there's that danger. And H.B. Uh, Charles, who's a friend of mine, a pastor in Florida, said that the church has bent over so far to reach the world that it's fallen into it. And what you find is a real submission to the culture. On the other hand, you have those who are very political. They're always preaching politics. I remember when I was at Moody Church, a man from the South came to our prayer meeting and said, I can't believe it you have a prayer meeting here and you actually prayed. I said, well, have you ever gone to a prayer meeting where they haven't had prayer? And he said, in our church, it was always, you know, why we should vote Republican, why, uh, you know, like that. And so the church became so polarized politically, so that's the other mistake. 
Now, I'm not saying that I'm right about everything. In fact, my wife would correct that very quickly if, uh, you know, we, we do it. You know, marriage, actually, we've been married for 52 years. Unfortunately, she can't be here tonight, but people, uh, people don't realize that, uh, really, when you stop to think of it. Getting married is like... Well, first of all, it's like getting a phone call in the middle of the night. First of all, you get a ring, and then you wake up. Uh, um, so, some of you are laughing. You got married, and you had no idea what marriage was. So I'll explain it to you in a sentence. Uh, marriage is two like people solving problems together that they'd have never had if only they'd stayed single. I am answering the question. It's just that I'm taking a tour first. <laughs> As a pastor, I have never endorsed a candidate nor a political party. I think that that is unnecessarily divisive, and not everybody agrees with that, of course. But what you do is you preach the issues. You preach about transgenderism. I did. I preached about same-sex marriage. I preached about uh, racism. So you deal with all these issues without attaching it to a political party or a candidate. Now, anyone listening would know that, yeah, there's this candidate who's much more in line with biblical values, but that's the way I think a pastor has to handle it. So some pastors are so fearful of making their church political that they refuse even to preach about the issues, and I think that's a mistake, and we have to help them and pray for them. So let's be tolerant, let's be understanding, let's be prayerful, but also let's help our churches and our pastors to understand that they must stand, and they must instruct the people how to live in a nation that has lost its way. Sir, your question. My question is, is that uh, the, the nation is definitely divided, just like our forefathers were divided. And at that time, they left. What do you think about secession of, we have 74 million people that think that what's going on is not right. You know, what would this country look like if we went to battle and tried to succeed and divide? No, we have to remain united, but we have to fight from wherever we are using the opportunities and the privileges God has given us but to divide and to split and to ask people to make a decision as to whether they're going to go with this group or that group, that's, that's a horse of a different wheelbase. I, I would be opposed to that. What role do you think that prayerlessness has had in uh, us being in our precarious situation that we're in now? I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ desperately needs revival. And I see one of the greatest curses that has come has to do with social media and the internet. Now, we use the internet, I'm on the internet, and uh, so forth, so we use it. But you know something? People are, what, what you must do is to realize, right, parents, yeah. that the cell phone in your teenager's hand does more to inform his or her worldview than an hour of church and an hour of Sunday school. So we are so deeply invested in our cell phones, and that can include me too, 
because, you know, I find myself looking at it far too often and finding out, you know, it dings, you know, well, who in the world's getting in touch with me? So we just are so much apart. I'm thinking of a parable about two fish that were swimming along and they passed each other. And um, the older fish said to the younger, how do you like the water? And after the younger one was on the other side, he said, what in the world is water? So we are so much a part of the world that we don't even see it. We are blinded. I think that if the church were to take out time and deeply repent, fast at least 10 days from social media, get our eyes and our heart on God, God may be pleased to answer because politics is important. But we're not going to win politically as has been emphasized, it's the hearts of the people that really need to be changed. And we can't do that. That's God's work as we call on him. So prayer is not just an addendum. Prayer is the, um, the vision and the hope. Let's wrap up with this question, Dr. Lutzer. What's your message to Christian parents who have their children in government schools and your message to churches that are not operating a Christian school? Well, first of all, with regard to government schools, I realize that here in the state of Illinois, what we have is a total disaster. That may not be true in all school districts. I've known some places where there still is a Christian consensus in schools, not Christian explicitly. So, what we must do is to recognize these differences. But I think in Illinois, there's absolutely no doubt, you cannot have your, Christ, your students in schools where they are taught pornography, even if it isn't in the earliest grades. I mean, it is absolutely, totally destructive. And um, the long-term implications for a decent marriage, for a decent life, are totally undercut. So you have to do one of two things. Either you have to homeschool or you have to have a, uh, send them to a Christian school. Now, again, I'm thinking about Hitler because, you know, I've got all these ideas swimming. Here's the way Hitler shut down all faith-based schools in Germany. He regulated them out of existence. For example, he would say, oh, you know, this ceiling isn't high enough. It has to be three feet higher. Oh, you have tables that are square. Kids could hit themselves on the corners. From now on, the new rule is round tables. So what you do is you regulate and you regulate until you regulate them out of existence. Hutz Hertzberg is here, and here he for four years was the head um, master of the school, uh, the Christian Heritage Academy. And I remember saying to him, this school should absolutely be plugged with long waiting lists because here, here's a distinctive Christian school that is an alternative to our present school system, which is such a disaster. And um, so what we need to do is to think in terms like where churches are beginning to begin their own schools. This might be indeed the path for the future because obviously the present school system is uh, horrendously pagan. Give us a last word of encouragement and tell us one of your famous jokes. 
famous jokes, I could be here all evening. <laughs> Let me just choose one of a whole array that is going through my mind. Back in the days when marijuana was uh, illegal, in Texas, a uh, guy from the DEA went to one of the farmers and says, we think you're growing marijuana on your farm. The farmer says, well, you can go and inspect it. He said, you know, you can go everywhere except over there. Do you see over there? Don't go there, but you can go to all the other fields. And the official pulled out his badge and said, look at this, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. I have the whole power of the federal government behind me. I can go wherever I like. The farmer said, oh, okay. So as you might guess, the official went over there to that field first. A few moments later, the farmer hears the shriek as this official is racing across the field and is being chased by a great big bull. And the farmer says, show him your badge. Show him your badge. <laughs> a word of encouragement. Wherever you find faithfulness in the Bible, it is always connected to eternity. And what you and I see and we struggle with here in time, if we can look beyond this life to fellowship with Jesus and pleasing Jesus and being rewarded in the life to come, faithfulness is going to come much more easily. God bless you. It's been my delight to be with you. The Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer during the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. And tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.